0: Previously on the Galactica Quorum. I think they need a little more tie. Ty. Ty's a grizzled man.
1: And it seems like an obvious device, a plot device, to have the old man against the
2: sun again.
0: I'm scared of the trial episode now. I just know it's going to be like, oh, whatever.
2: I miss Drainus has picked up base star. Yeah. You know, quickly set coordinates. <laughs>
1: There was a scene where he goes in to tell Adam about what happened. That would have been, if they would have actually performed that scene, powerful.
2: They have chips in their teeth.
0: Dude, that dog was just
2: not right. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I got so drunk. <laughs> I won't really get up here.
1: <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Galactica Quorum. This is episode number 16. We are a podcast about Battlestar Galactica. My name is Brian, and joining me today is... Dimitri.
0: Michelle.
1: Jason is back from his trip abroad, but he is not caught up, so he's sitting out this one. Our email is gquorum at gmail.com. Our voicemail, 206- 2020 bsg and our website is galacticacorum.com please visit we have forums there and we have a frapper map and a tip char if you would like to give us a little tip
0: so we can go to the conventions
1: so we can go to the conventions and other things up front we have not listened to the official ronald d Moore podcast for the current episode we will discuss the current episode in depth but no spoilers for upcoming episodes although you will have lots of speculation about the current episode are there any new cons you have to bring up? Um,
0: I do, actually. I have the Aggie Con still, which is um, in College Station, Texas, from March 22nd to the 25th, which is this weekend. The only BSG confirmed BSG guest is Richard Hatch. And then the next one I have is Gram Slam 15, the Sci-Fi Summit in Burbank, California. That's April 13th through the 15th. And appearing there will be Kate Sackoff, who plays Starbuck, uh, Jim,
2: who played starbuck
0: well, okay who played starbuck jamie bamber who plays apollo and michael truco who plays sam anders so that'll be a fun one
1: yeah ladies go get your anders and
0: <laughs> go get your anders film and
1: and lee fix
0: bad it's <laughs> in burbank yeah so i want to go and that's it that's we'll have it. the links on the website
1: and then Icon26 in Stony Brook is also coming up next weekend. March... Actually, it's
0: this weekend. Is well, it... that's what I
1: mean. This coming weekend, yeah. March 23rd to 25th, Jamie Bamber will be at that one. Viewer Mail. Actually, we have a post that was on our forum regarding Hilo being a CAG, and it was a very good response. So let's hear it.
0: Okay. I can't pronounce this guy's name. Is it?
1: I don't know. It? It's His username is Danan. Danan. I don't know if it's a combination of two things or what, but...
0: This is what he had to say. He says, I'm pretty sure that the Rio in today's U.S. military has to be a qualified pilot as well. If something happens to the main pilot, they'd have to take over. My wife's ex was an F-14 Rio. They had to go through flight school and had to log flight hours to stay qualified. We know from the passage that Hilo is able to fly and has the training, but it was something he always would have had. As to being CAG, as I understand, it's really more an admin position. The top pilots would not necessarily be a CAG. A CAG would not be flying Cap. If he gets shot down, you you have just fracked your command structure. As a Raptor pilot, he'd be more expendable being back on Galactica than losing a Viper pilot. A CAG candidate would have to have the rank. Remember, Hilo outranks most except Lee at this point knows the crews and equipment, has flight training, etc., and is able to be out of flight rotation without disrupting the ship.
1: Well, that's really good information about the Rio's role and their pilot status. The only thing I don't quite follow is, number one, Hilo's rank, because in the miniseries, or actually not the miniseries, but in uh, 33, he identified himself as Lieutenant Junior Grade, which is like the bottom of the officer ranks.
0: Wasn't he a lieutenant now? What is he now?
1: Well, if he's a lieutenant, possibly, I guess he could be up to a captain. If he started at the bottom, I would think that there'd be other people that would at least be at his peer level, to the point of his that uh, you don't want your CAG to be doing the cap or flying combat. I guess that's just a liberty that they take on this show, because in the miniseries, the original CAG of the Galactica was taken out in the very first encounter with the Cylons when their Mark Sevens shut down, and obviously Lee flies combat all the time. So I guess they just ignore that. But that would make sense that you wouldn't want your head guy to be...
0: So, I guess we're saying it's done by rank, apparently.
1: Mm -hmm. We got a note about a charity auction. It's for the BC Women's Hospital and Health Center in Canada. They're auctioning off autographed bears signed by various stars of sci-fi shows like Battlestar Galactica, Firefly, Smallville. Last week, they had one signed by TAMO. This week, a round of auctions will be held for one that's signed by Jamie Bamber. So if you'd like to get information about this worthwhile charity, it's at wwwbcwomensfoundationorg online underscore auction.php. And obviously, we'll have that link up on our website. Okay, then let's move on to this episode. Crossroads Part 1. It's the first part of a two parter that is going to end the season 3. And I have my little synopsis for you. Rosalind is dreaming of the Opera House. The vision is a familiar one to us, but not to her. What might she be doing there? Hera is running around, and she and Sharon are racing to catch up to her, but a six gets to her first. Meanwhile, Ty is in the bar, tuning an old wireless into Radio Free Galactica. Something is coming over the airwaves, but he can't quite get the fix. What's the frequency, Kenneth? Ty isn't sure and it's driving him nuts. Adama discovers the Cylons are indeed still following the fleet. With resident interrogator Starbuck missing in action, Ty goes in to get intel from Caprica 6. She gives him some information, but head Baltar prompts her to push Ty's buttons enough to have him slug her. Then she slugs him back. If you're playing the BSG drinking game at home, Ty got punched, you gotta chug. Baltar's trial has begun. He's out of his cell and away from worshippers to the cult of Baltar that believe he is a second coming but he does now have to sit through droning opening statements. Ty is on the stand and is seriously losing it after confessing that he was the one that killed Ellen. Rosalind is next, but Romo Lampkin knows that she'll be a tougher nut to crack. He thinks Lee may know something and asks him if he's enjoying sticking it to the old man, but Lee swears he's doing it for principles and because everyone deserves a fair trial. This from the guy that killed the mob boss in cold blood in Black Market. But the Admiral's miffed at what has sent Ty off the deep end, and he calls Lee a coward. And you don't call Lee a coward, no sir, Uh -uh. uh-uh. Uh-oh, he's got that pursed lips expression on his face, he's going to do something. Oh, he turns in his wings. Now sitting at the defense table in a civilian suit, he's out to prove he's no coward, whatever the cost. Lee puts Rosalind on the stand and questions her about using Kamala. She gives him the look that says, don't go there. He goes there. He demands to know, is she using Kamala again? She drops a bombshell that reverberates through the fleet that her cancer was first cured by a half-Cylon, half-human child. Actually, no one seems to even blink at that, but there are gasps when she reveals that her cancer has returned. Had enough of Liadama? D has. Speaking the truest words of the episode, she says, The system is broken, Lee. I could take you being fat, and I could take you swapping spit with Starbuck, but if I wanted to marry a guy in a suit, I would have married Billy. In his quarters, Ty listens to the ship's hum through the steel bulkhead. Cutting through the haze of drunkenness and despair, he hears something. It's in the ship, he says. It's in the frackin' ship. To be continued. Initial comments about the show.
2: I liked it. I'm sure that by the end of uh, our podcast, you'll convince me that I didn't like it. (laughs) As you do often. But as a uh, fresh coming in, I enjoyed it. I'm sure there are faults that we could, you know, talk to death about. But as far as what I think a good Battlestar Galactica show is... I liked it.
0: I liked it, too. I have to admit, it was much better than I had been saying that I thought the trial would be. I've been saying all along that I was afraid the trial was going to be boring and sucked, but so far, I'm quite impressed.
2: Yeah, I kind of thought that the trial would suck as well, but I do watch a lot of trial TV, uh, Law & Order, for instance, and they the writers there, you can watch three shows of Law & Order on three different channels seven times a week and just to make it really exciting. So I was pleased as well.
1: What is it about the trial that you particularly liked? To me, well, Romo obviously made it really interesting.
2: Just like in, you know, in any other law type TV show, the, you know, the prosecutor makes her statement and I was like, yeah, yeah, right, exactly. And then Romo goes in and makes his statement. I was like, well, yeah, yeah, he's right, he's right. And then, you know, I was, it was just well done. There's a couple of things about, The trial that I didn't like, for instance, it's the first trial and it's a very high-profile trial. And I can't imagine that, let's say, George Bush comes out of office, we're five years from now, that if there's a trial on him, I cannot imagine that it's going to be public. Right. And I, I didn't like that, that they were airing it. It's one thing to have an audience in the bleachers and the courtroom listening to it. And those people should be maybe a select few or whatever like that. But- I don't think the Tillium ship, Cloud 9, and everybody else should have been listening to it because it's just things are going to be said that potentially are classified, are secret, inflammatory.
1: That's why I brought up in the synopsis the Cylon hybrid thing. It seems to me that would have been something that if the fleet didn't know about it, you'd want to keep that under wraps as a classified piece of information. You'd have her do a testimony. Typically what they do is they have testimony done on another site, and it's viewed over closed circuit or
2: whatever. Or she could have done the thing there, and they just could have cleared the court. Right. You know, the lawyers, the, the accused, and the judges, and nobody yeah. else.
0: Yeah, uh, but you'd think, though, that the fleet would know that the baby is there because, one, everybody knows that Sharon is an officer. Two, they know that she's married to Hilo. And three, they have a child, so I think but not, everybody knows.
2: I'm guessing probably everybody on Battlestar Galactica on the actual ship know, but the Tillium people, they don't know and they don't need to know. It's its not a need-to-know basis. You don't need to know that there's a half-breed. You don't share that kind of... Or there's
0: civilians of... on the ship. You know, the civilians know that she's there.
2: You shouldn't share that kind of information. That's on a need-to-know military slash whatever basis. I mean, people on a Tillium ship don't need to know that. I mean, if they find out because somebody on the ship told somebody else, whatever, but I don't think they should announce it to the whole. And I'm, and I'm guessing also that There are probably people on the ship in the back corner of the fleet that don't know that there are Cylons in the fleet.
1: I would just think, considering the secrecy they went through originally,
2: about keeping
1: her quiet at all, now if it's broadcast to everyone, that seems sort of counter to the idea of let's keep her safe from perhaps being abducted again.
0: But did they make it known that she's still alive? It's not that she said that the trial well, was still so alive. Well, just the fact that
1: they opened the door, that it's going to make people say, what?
2: The details aside, it's a highly sensitive, highly political, highly classified sort of trial. It shouldn't be broadcast to everybody.
0: And why are they just letting random people in to see Baltar?
1: I've often wondered that. He seems like he has way too much access for a
2: Well, I, yeah, I had that note too. I mean, a reporter, I guess, can make sense a little bit, but you can let someone in, but it shouldn't be unmonitored. There should be a guard there. There should be, you know, his lawyer should be there, at least if you're going to play that, right? No one should talk to Baltimore without his lawyer there.
1: Well, let's talk about and then his new celebrity persona that he has now about this sort of messiah figure. How did the leap come from a guy who's writing about the aristocracy go to someone who suddenly people believe he can bless their children?
2: Yeah, I don't understand that That either. seems
1: like a leap that's made, obviously, visually, he's... We talked about this before. He looks a lot like a Jesus figure.
2: Although this time, I don't know if you noticed, last week he was all in white, in a white room on a white bed, and now he's all in black Mm. in a dark room. I mean, it's the same self, I'm assuming, but it's just his color changed. He was all black this time, black shirt, black pants. The leap
1: that they made just seems sort of convenient for whatever they seem to be setting up.
2: I thought that the leap would bless my child because he's sick was a little too much, but I, I can understand that people see him... As some sort of, maybe not a savior, but someone to look up to or to follow, because the stuff that he wrote in the book or in his manifesto, the people who read it and agree with it and feel it, and maybe this woman who was faking to be a reporter, she probably feels down and she doesn't have. I mean, it's the same way, I'm sure throughout history that people have written stuff, and even though those people are crazy they find a following just because the people who are reading their manifestos experience or feel the exact same thing that this guy just wrote. He knows me. He knows exactly what I'm feeling. Oh, my God, you know, I need to go meet him or I need to touch him or he knows exactly what's going on or something. I don't know.
1: Let's start at the top. Rosalind in the Opera House and Rosalind's storyline in this episode where she has this, what we now know to be perhaps a Kamala-induced dream
0: that's what I thought when it first started. I'm like, you know, she's having her visions again. You know, what's going on? Is she on that drug again?
2: I thought it was a interesting scene. She's trying to catch Hera because she's the president and she had her once before, but then she lost her. And then Sharon is trying to catch Hera because she's the mother and, you know, Six gets her. Is that because she's a Cylon and that's where she belongs? But then it, it didn't tie into the rest of the show, so it's probably a bit that it would probably play out in the next episode. And if we watched them all straight through, it would make sense. But it's probably a little disconnect, probably, just because we have well, seven days to I guess the question delayed. you
1: have to wonder is, considering her revelation that she has cancer again, how does that tie in overall? The thing I first thought of when she was there was, okay, this obviously has been something that Baltar and Six and, I guess, the Deanna model have had visions of the opera house. And now, as far as I know, she has not – I'm speaking about Laura. She has not previously had any dreams or visions about the opera house. So it's something new to her. Why now? What does it have to do with her cancer, if anything?
0: I think it's well, going back to the original – her original role, which was the, the leader. dying leader? Yeah, the dying leader with the wasting disease is going to, to lead us to that Earth. Prophecy. I but think it's also, going back to that.
2: Well, maybe also it's just, it could be all those things, but maybe it's just as simple as she's chasing Hera because Hera cured her cancer once. Maybe she just needs, you know, another dose. Maybe it's not a a cure-all. Maybe it's just a, um, you know, slows it down or pauses it, but it's not a remedy.
1: But now that I think about it, yeah, it does sort of, for that prophecy to come true, somebody does need to be the dying leader. And I guess a past tense of, oh, I was dying doesn't quite cut it. So if this is what they need to have her take back that mantle of being the person who's going to lead the fleet to Earth, then maybe that's the purpose of of that.
0: But doesn't it say that the dying leader never makes it to Earth?
2: Hmm. You know what? This trial potentially could be a dying leader, right? Because they're trying to figure out if Baltar's guilty, and if he is, he's going to be put to death. So he will then be a dying leader.
0: Hmm.
1: Just a subtle thing, as long as we we're Sterl and Laura, I like the bit where she and Adamo are on the bridge in CIC and they go to talk and they're behind the, the window where it says damage control. I thought that was a good touch. It was i was not that. Yeah, they're, they're going to speak off by themselves and the partition, the glass partition, was labeled damage control. And it was just a part of the set on that bridge, but I'm sure that was a, intentional to have them stand over there over what, you know, what ends up being a very pivotal moment for the defense when Lee starts getting curious about the tea.
2: In that same uh, scene, I liked how uh, it was just so funny. It was like the cliche or whatever, a woman talking to a man. She says, uh, it doesn't hurt to ask, and then walks away shaking her head like, ugh, mm-hmm. man. <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you arguing? I'm the president. Just do it. Jeez.
0: I like Ty, funny. though. Ty's like, I'd love to go talk to her grizzled
1: old man well this episode had the scene that i had talked about i wish that they had shown way back in hero where he goes to tell adama what happened and at the end of that episode he goes in to talk with them and you don't see the scene in a previous podcast i had said i wish we had seen it because it would have been really powerful and i guess i don't know if they intended to but by saving it up for this we were actually able to see it, and it was indeed powerful. I thought, Ty, in this episode, the actor is just, he's one of my favorites. He just does an incredible job. Ty does a
2: good crazy. He's he does a fe- he's just a, amazing. He, he was really good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. He's nutters, totally.
0: I like how he's apologizing to Dama.
2: Well, it's the same sort of apology that... I mean, you get loaded, and then your boyfriend or husband or whatever is putting you to bed. And you're like, I'm sorry, I got so drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I won't do <get> it again, <laughs> <laughs> me. Loaded apologies are different than sober ones. <laughs> A couple of little things that, you know, just details that are strange. Well, A, I just want to say, the bar is back again. <laughs> I knew it was going to be over and over. I mean, it just the whole mash thing just... It, it's, lots of things happen in a bar that don't happen anywhere else.
1: Mm-hmm. But I actually, the- let's just insert here that we were talking off the air uh, about how it would be really cool if they created a set that was the mess hall. Right. MASH had the same thing where they had a mess tent where a lot of scenes were played there. To me, that's a even better place to be because people go there three times a day and you have a lot more opportunity. It's not just, oh, we're off duty. I have time. I'm going to get some drink on.
2: Yeah, people actually sitting down. They're relaxing. They down. It has nothing to do with booze. And it's a just-
1: pretty basic set that they could do. To me, that would be uh, a nice alternative. If they're looking for one other place, if they get tired of ever going to the bar all the time, just to have a, a conversation where characters from other departments and other parts of the ship can meet mess hall. So, yeah. All right. So I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: Well, anyway, I just – faster than light, they can move – but Ty is trying to find a radio station on this antique 1950s radio with <laughs> like powder coated red and chrome. Like a radio and, flyer. And, and, and it's not even digital. It's like, you know, he's got the little antenna and he's trying to, trying to tweak it. Mm-hmm. That was just funny. And then, where is there a radio station?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, they have the radio sta- the
2: the news people, I guess, yeah. broadcast news. And there's that. I don't know. It just. It was a little. It was just a little funny. Yeah. To me, like. But I, I was always under the almost,
0: impression the radio station was done through the comm system, not necessarily like radio waves.
2: Yeah, but there's still radio waves, I guess, bouncing from ship to ship, right? Because yeah. uh, just you know, wires from ship to ship would be a little messy. <laughs> 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 I mean, the vipers would be, would be crashing into them all the time, and they'd be all tangled up stuff. Since we brought that up,
1: let's talk about the scene at the end where. He puts his ear to the ship and he's like, it's in the ship, it's in the ship. The first thing I thought was, what if the signature that the Cylons have been tracking all this time has been the Galactica?
0: And not that Chilean ship. And not, not
1: the Chilean ship. ship. You're like, oh, that, that could explain so much. But then I thought, well, if that's the case, then how come they didn't find them on New Caprica for a year?
0: And how come only Ty and Anders can hear it?
2: Because they're Cylons. <laughs>
0: The Cylon ships
2: are broadcasting to them. (laughs) They have chips in their teeth. (laughs) chips (laughs) in their teeth. Well, another thing, just to go back to the um, Baltar in jail and anybody can go see him. I mean, the guy is a little, he's not stable. He's an unstable human being. And so another reason that I think everybody shouldn't come and see him is someone can pass him a knife or a shiv and he could either use that against someone else. He could kill himself, make himself a martyr. That would get out in the fleet, and then the people who think he's a believer would rise up, and then there'd be like a, a revolution in space, and that'd be really.
0: So that's that's awful. what I'm saying. Why are they letting these crazies in there with him? I mean, it should be just random people are allowed in there with him.
2: Like the six, when she was uh, in there and she was making out with the air, Rosalind and a couple other people were behind like two way mirror, and they were looking at her. That's how it. Yeah, he should, it should be. I mean, it's just kind of random. ridiculous that
1: they can actually go in and actually physically touch him. Yeah. If he's not in a, a barrier like that, there should be a, a no standing zone where they shouldn't be able to pass within or a several feet.
2: In here in, in the U.S., if you want to uh, visit your loved one in jail, you go and talk to a phone and look through them, right. through a plexiglass. You, know, you don't get to touch them. <laughs> but even
0: then, only family members are allowed and not these random crazies throughout the fleet.
2: And speaking of jail, what is Caprica 6 doing wearing a silky, sexy, <laughs> black ballroom dress in jail.
0: With the little metal hoop the little, little, like,
2: healthy. A couple of, last season or two seasons ago <laughs> whatever, when her other rendition was in jail, she was wearing, like, gray jumpsuit thing.
0: And so did Sharon. Sharon had on, like, a pair of sweatpants and, like, a white t-shirt. Where did she get this nice outfit well, from? Well, it must have
2: come from Sharon, because didn't
1: Sharon say, I'll get you some clothes? So it's out of her closet, I suppose.
2: But, I mean, th- that shouldn't be an option. No, it shouldn't. It, it, they should be wearing she you should know, be jumpsuit in, gray. Jumpster. exactly. And so should Baltar. He shouldn't be wearing, you know, Jesus white one week. Yeah, and but nobody Jesus wants to see then.
0: six wearing just sweatpants and a T-shirt. Well, never mind.
2: But that's not the point. The point is, it doesn't matter. She's posing naked in Playboy. If you need a fix, you go there. But for the show, they should make it a little... More realistic. Make it more more sense. It doesn't make sense that she'd be wearing a black dress. And if she was been wearing a black dress, it shouldn't look beautiful. It should be, like, tattered because she's been in there a long time. What do you think of the
1: confrontation between her and Ty? Why
0: Why would her head Baltar know about Ellen?
2: Well... Well, let's go there. Well,
0: the heads always seem to
1: know something, don't they? In the Hand of God episode that directed Baltar were to strike on that uh, refinery asteroid or whatever. They they seem to know a lot, and it could be coincidence, but as evidence accumulates, it seems like the heads always seem to know just exactly what they need to know.
2: Is it possible? I mean, the the Cylons have lots of... Qualities that humans don't, maybe they're telepathic or maybe the head is a telepath and can, you know, reach into ties maybe subconscious. And that's how they let us know what she can see or hear is by conveying it through the head voltar or the head six or whom. And then also I think it's ridiculous. He could slap her, but she can't slap him. And if she slaps him the marine should take his rifle and smack her in the head with it, and yeah, was drop kind of, her to her knees. I, I was mean, kind of
1: waiting for that. Uh, if the, if uh, she's the XO a Cylon is and she's struck a- by a prisoner, I would think the first thing they do is not just raise a weapon, but turn the butt around and, and s- hit her on the forehead, yeah, and knock her down because obviously she's a dangerous prisoner. Yeah, know?
2: and she's a Cylon who are already we already know they're stronger than humans.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, instantaneously she just yeah. crushed her to the ground. It should have been that way. I think. It
1: wasn't done that way just purely for the drama of the moment of he got stung and they wanted to leave it at that. If there was some retaliation by the guards, it would have lessened the sting that he had received.
2: Okay, then next week when we come to her and we see her again, maybe she comes to the stand, she should have a cut and a couple of black eyes.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're not going to beat her like the Gina was on Pegasus where after the fact they're going to come in and just start beating her with billy clubs and whatnot. But I really could have seen that... In that moment, just as an instant response that they would have hit her back, got her away, reduced the threat. Yeah. They didn't. A
2: little bit after that scene, they showed a little bit uh, more CGI that I enjoyed. I didn't understand what was going on at first, but it was a shot of the Galactica from underneath, and it was the dark side of Galactica. And I thought, hey, that's cool. It's a new angle, right? I've never seen that angle. It's not (laughs) much to see, I guess, because it's all dark. But then that led me to something else. The bottom of the ship was dark, and the top of the ship is sunny. It seems that in all sci-fi shows, just about all of that I can recollect, the sun, let's say, is off to your left and the ships are always flying on the same plane with the right. sun so that the dark side is always the back mm-hmm. and underneath and the light side is always the side and the top. It's not like all solar systems are flat. I mean, they're askew all over the place. And so, Michelle, we talked a little bit off here. She said, well, maybe the viewing audience won't be able to get there." mind around that. I think we should be given the benefit of the doubt and fly vertical or something. Well, the, maybe
0: we should send this question over to the people that do the CG for Battlestar. You know, why do you do it that way?
2: Well, It's just a
1: convention that's been used forever. all the time. I would think in deep space, they're not near a particular solar system now. I think the, the combined ambience of various stars that are very, very far away would, if anything, just create a very dull light that goes over the entire ship, not creating... A sunny side and a dark side, quote unquote.
2: I agree. I like that too. I like that too. Just yeah, because the light is really far away in that way. And then
1: one of the things I liked about the Star Trek movies was the Enterprise. I always liked how they had like lights on the ship, right? That like, projecting um, along the dome and along the side and the warp pods, like saying we're going to be in deep space where there's not going to be a lot of light. So here's some lights to actually show the ship.
2: Right, yeah, of course they like mid, spotlights. Of course, they, every
1: time you saw it, it always was in full light. But it was the, the idea that yeah, there's we're gonna be in dark deep
2: space. Since we're talking about CGI, I really liked the asteroid field. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really well done. It was it was just good graphics. It was pretty. And we
0: finally got your uh, oh here are the silence quick jump out.
2: Yes, I'm glad <laughs> I, I <never> enjoyed <laughs> I that did. too. And I, I like but only that. because they
1: seemed to fire a missile at them, which again was out of character, like you had mentioned before. They actually well, fired something at them.
2: It's out of character from what we've learned of the Cylons in the past few weeks, but it's in character of what we know about the Cylons for the last few decades. And if
0: you think mm-hmm. about it, if Cavill is now definitely in charge, the Deanna model is boxed, and Six is probably not really doing much, like the Six models, Cavil is probably in charge, and he's the one that just wants to go off and kill the humans, isn't he?
2: I'm glad you brought Cavill up. Well, I, just back to CGI, just real quick. I thought it was cool how they parked the ship, Near that big rock, but they didn't land on it. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I thought it was a, just a neat sort of technological thing that they have. That you know, they went in the back room and they played cards, and the ship adjusted itself right. to stay, you know, just off of the mm-hmm. sort of the, in
0: orbit with it. Nice touch.
2: Yeah, that was a nice touch. And then before we get to Cattle too, and we're just talking about the base stars came out of nowhere and uh, the missile. That was pretty exciting because even though who's that? Racetrack. Racetrack in there, right? Mm -hmm. She's all right. She's been here and there, but it was nice to see her. But she's also a crewman. I like Racetrack. She's a crewman number two type.
0: Racetrack's character was kept on for the same reason that Hilo's character was kept on. They just liked the actress so much, they decided to give her a bigger part.
2: I know, but not everybody knows that. So for me, I was like, she could have been a crewman two person, uh, you know, character. Like a red shirt. Yeah, a red shirt. And so I was thinking... (laughs) When the missile is coming, I actually, since I don't really read a lot of reviews, you know, like I don't listen to the Ronald D. Moore, so I don't really know about likes and dislikes. So for that scene, I really was like, oh, my God, they're going to kill the ship, you know? And then I really got really excited. <laughs> I was like nervous. I was, I was like, thinking ah! And then it, it, it like jumped. I was like, yeah! <laughs> yeah! Yeah, that could have been interesting if
1: it actually destroyed it. And back in Galactica, they would have been like, we uh, haven't heard from this Raptor in a while.
0: And they had no idea and they that had no idea was That actually yeah. might have
1: been more dramatic, but they would have had to have probably use a different pilot because, like you said, racetracks shown up a lot in the last few episodes. I kind of like the character. We don't know much about the character. The actress hasn't been able to play too much into her yet, but just from what I've seen, I'm, I think she's kind of interesting. She's pretty. She's cute. We like her. She looks as on board now, too. They're getting some, some nice chicks in the, the pilot core.
0: She's got an attitude, too. I kind of yeah. like that.
1: All right, we got sidetracked a little bit, but... Sorry. Cavill. Yes. I really hope. We haven't seen Cavill in a long time. It's the season finale. I really want to see Cavill. I want to see uh, Boomer Sharon. And I don't need to see a whole bunch of uh, the base star intrigue anymore. But I would like to see them. Because it's been a while. Cavill's one of my favorite Cylons. And I think that would be cool if
0: I like Cavill because he's a smart ass and a hard ass.
2: That's what a Cylon should be. Cylons shouldn't be soft. Right. Just because you're a skin not. job doesn't mean you should be soft. I mean, the bullet heads, they don't know how to be soft. I think soft. he's
0: the only Cylon that is really a hard ass. The other ones are all like, well, what if we did this? You know, and he's like, no, just kill them. You know.
1: <laughs> Let's move on to to Lee, because that's a big part of the episode. Can we not? Can we not? <laughs>
0: you know what I have to say? Okay, I think this episode would have worked, and I think the courtroom drama would have worked. The same had Lee not been there. If if Lampkin had done Lee's questioning to Rosalind, it would have been the same thing with the same effect. There was no need for Lee. That's I, my opinion. I
1: tend to agree. I think this was just one of those times when they pushed the father-son conflict, and that's the only reason that they did it that way. Yeah, that's the only reason so why Lee times. was there. I'm, it's funny because before it was like the Apollo Starbuck drama kept coming along, coming along, and then... She's kind of taken out. And so now it's Lee doing his father-son conflict. And gee, the common denominator is Lee. They keep putting him in these situations that are repeating conflicts that I'm just kind of tired of. I thought about it. And we had Baltar previously in other seasons, other episodes, where he was the guy who was kind of the bad guy, doing things you didn't like. He kind of thought he was doing it for a reason. But he was the guy that was driving things contrary to what some of the other protagonists were doing. Now Baltar has been in jail. He de- essentially doesn't have much power. He doesn't have much to do. He's sort of reacting to the situations around him. There's this thing bubbling underneath about him being this savior or whatever, but it, it hasn't come up yet. So he's, since several episodes ago, he's been sort of in a back role. So who's taking the role now of being the guy, the Baltar role? It's Lee. Lee. Lee's the one who's being contrary to Adama and the president.
0: But you know what? He doesn't pull it off as effectively. Absolutely
1: not.
2: Absolutely he not. He's not at all. Well, it's because he doesn't have credibility for it. Because he's so been wishy-washy all along that he doesn't have the credibility. Whereas baltars he's always been the same.
1: Yeah. You kind of know where Baltar stands. He can act unpredictably, but you know what he's doing is generally going to be along the same sort of guidelines. With Lee, it's like you don't know one episode to the next whether his principles are going to be leading him to do one thing or another or who he's going to piss off or cross just to prove that he can be one way or the other.
0: Yeah, his ideas of justice and his principles are so messed up from like the black market episode where he, like, we need the black market to have this commerce, but you know, I'm going to kill this guy anyways. You know, now he's like, well, we have to have a fair trial and he doesn't make any sense.
1: And he's burning bridges behind him all the time. Uh, Of course, he burns bridges with his father all the time, and they they build them back up. And I mentioned before in another podcast how even in season one, he had a couple arcs where he, just from the start of the miniseries, he was really pissed off at his father. Then he reconciled, then he started to disobey and go on his own track, and then they came back around and...
2: Well, we talked about this in, in a previous podcast where how, how long is a tour of duty? And uh, they probably had tour duties back on the planet, but now that they're in space, it's probably full time all the time until you die. And so I was a little shocked. Well, I saw it coming and Lee's becoming, his character is becoming very predictable. And so I saw the, uh, well, I'm done too and here are my wings. But I think at that point, his father should have said, well, basically, uh, that's a form of AWOL absent without leave and I think he should have been arrested and put in the brig and then I would have kept him out of the trial for your happiness Michelle yes and you know just put him on ice for a little bit let him him cool off or whatever because I mean you can't just you can't turn your wings in and then go it's not like it's not a job
1: yeah you can't just say "Eh, I quit
2: throw
0: him out the airlock
1: (laughs) no but speaking back back to the burning bridges thing so yeah he'd been burned several bridges with his father And now with Rosalind, that was one of the characters that in the miniseries he seemed to connect with. And once again, third episode in a row, they had a big reference back to the very first episode, the the miniseries, where she's on the stand and she says, Captain Apollo thought it had such a nice ring to it. Yeah. And that was a line directly from when she first met him on Colonial One back in the miniseries.
0: But you know what? Her getting upset... And D and Hilo and Gaeta getting upset at him attacking the president on the stand like that. I think they were all out of line because that's what lawyers do. Lawyers bring up your dirt just to discredit you. And right. he had every right to do that for his client. You know, it sucks. Yeah. And it was harsh, but I don't see why they should get upset about it. Yeah,
1: I don't... I- They, in some way, it's me, because I'm mad at the character. I don't like that he made Rosalind reveal what she had to do on the stand. But true, it's something that needed to have been done from a defense standpoint. What makes us angry is the fact that he put himself in that position anyway. And then when he did it, especially with the Rosalind situation, he did it with a little bit of malice in his heart as a way to get back at his his father. Because you could see that he was like, I'm going to show you. and. That, if anything, is what (laughs) finally angered me.
2: Well, another thing, just as far as lawyering goes, I don't think that when she was like, well, don't you want to know why I'm taking it? Don't you, don't you? Ha, ha, ha. And he said, no. And she says, don't you? And he goes, okay, why did you take it? He should have asked that question. He should have just sat down. Because if she's trying to offer up some bit of information, clearly she's going to say something that is going to put her in a better light as opposed to leaving it out there that she's a junkie. Right. Um, Well, you could say – so if if he had just sat down, she would have either not said it, and then if she said it, the lawyer could have stood up and said, you know, blah, 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 and then you have to strike that from you know evidence or something like that. Well,
1: he did mention it wasn't relevant to the case or whatever, but really what would have happened in a real court was the prosecution would have stood up for their recross, and they would have said – Why are you taking it? So we just, yeah, and it wouldn't have been as dramatic. So we, we removed a step, basically. Okay. The one sticking point to this trial is, and we've talked about this before, is I'm not totally sure what grounds or what they're trying Baltar for. Even in the very beginning, when the lawyer is on the ship talking to Tori and she's like, I can't prove this, I can't make this stick. What they're trying him for, collaboration with the Cylons, to me, that falls under the umbrella of being on Caprica, and the pardon would extend to that, so I don't quite see this might be... I was wondering
0: that as well. What are the charges?
1: I would love to know what the original storyline was when they had the missing Sagittarian plotline that was supposed to have taken up several episodes and was actually what part of this trial was about, because it seems like we're really missing that.
2: Yeah, I was confused about that too, because I thought the trial was about what happened on Caprica, not on New Caprica. Is that correct? The well, trial the is what happened I'm, on New Caprica. Yeah, that's
0: the impression I'm getting. But then, because Tori wanted to bring up Caprica. right? And he said, and, and he, the lawyer said, "There's no way because I can't prove it just because the president saw she saw him with someone." Well,
2: then shouldn't all the other people who joined the Cylon police force, shouldn't they all be on a trial as well? Again, they've been.
1: They been pardoned. only chucked
2: like six of them.
1: Yeah, they've been pardoned, so they they can't. and They won't.
0: But he wasn't.
1: But he was pardoned. not. Par, well. Why not? What, yeah, I would think w- it would was he
0: pardoned or was he not? Was he included in the umbrella of all the pardons?
1: It was it was some ridiculous loophole? Like, well, she pardoned the fleet, and at the time you were on a base star over and several light years away, so you technically weren't pardoned. It, it just seems really like a little detail that
2: should be addressed. He's a scapegoat. He's a puppet. They need he is. To, they need to they need to have this trial to boost morale on the in the colony. And um, where's Zarek?
0: Yeah, where is? Shouldn't he be all well. up
2: in this place? Yeah.
0: But he did say that he wanted to stay away because it was going to turn into this big circus.
2: I. But he should be, he should be right there. And
0: where is the quorum? He should be sitting quorum? in the front
2: wor- road. Are is the
0: quorum have- not around anymore? Or where are the people that were in the quorum?
2: The quorum should be the judges. Mm. That's who the judges should be. Because they're chosen by the people. So they should just be the... Th- and Adama should totally not be
0: yeah. one of the yeah. judges.
2: And the other... How many of them are there? Five. Five. The other four... Ooh. The other four, <laughs> the other four, should say, "You cannot be here anymore because he's he's, he he's in love elite. with he's in love with the with the president. He's the father of one of the prosecuting right. lawyers. I but mean, he even it just, said
0: it to He straight out said he's guilty. He's already made his opinion. He's already formed. when yeah, he's guilty. Just out. He, he's not open minded. He's not an at objective
2: all.
1: observer. Well, did he yeah. say he was guilty or that he didn't deserve a trial? There's a difference.
0: How is that a difference?
1: Because if he if he didn't believe he deserved a trial, like, say, a mass murderer, you might think that they don't deserve to get a judgment by their peers. They should have just some kind of summary judgment. But I've been given this task of rendering a decision, and when I have to do the decision, then I will weigh the evidence and come up with a verdict. Saying that he doesn't deserve one isn't saying he can render a decision on a particular case he's given certain evidence.
0: I just think his opinion is already formed, and it's never going to change.
1: I agree with that. But again, he should never have been there in the first place, as we said. Yes. So in this trial, we're in agreement that it still could have been compelling had Adama not been a judge, and B, that Lee was not in the defense corner.
2: They're talking about the nebula and how they have possibly three jumps to get to the nebula, and the nebula is going to give them some more clues and how to get to Earth. How do they know that?
0: I, I think it, it's in the scriptures.
2: Oh, the scriptures. It's just in the scriptures. So it's been written, therefore it will shall be?
0: Yes.
1: Right, okay. <laughs> well, they we have to think there's a reason that, that the other location directed us here and that it's possible we might just get there and might just be floating gas out there. But given that we've been to two places, COBOL, the Eye of Jupiter planet, and they both have led us to those places, then probably there is going to be something there that's a, a marker that shows us one more clue.
2: Okay. When we're talking about Hilo and how he's moved up to XO now, is it possible that the only reason he was? I mean, Ty is not really out, he's just sleeping for the night. <laughs> so maybe it was just convenient to have him be XO so that he could prophesize about the changing weather and a storm is it coming. If he just said that as a CAG in the CIC, Gator would be like, okay, whatever. <laughs> Speaking of that, about- since if he has some authority by being the XO over Gator, then what he says, Geta can't just dismiss, even though it sounds a little like a poem. You know, he actually he has to take it into consideration and you know keep his eye out. It was a good line. It was a good line. I thought it was cool. I liked it. And it obviously tells us that things are afoot. Something's going to happen. And then I think I've said this before, but you don't have to play what's going to be on next week at the end of the show because the people who are watching the show are going to watch it next week, a hundred percent, no doubt. If you're trying to entice somebody new to it, you shouldn't be showing it at the end of the show that they're not already watching. So you should play it coming next week on commercials throughout the week. But the people who are actually watching Battlestar Galactica already, like the three of us, I don't watch the previews. But let's say I did. It's not like I watched the show last night and I was like, wow, you know, this really sucked. I don't know if I'm going to watch next week. Let's see what the previews are. Oh, the previews are pretty good. Okay, I'll watch it next week. Or the opposite. This was great. Let me see what the previews are like next week. Oh, uh, that preview looked pretty crappy. Forget it. I'm watching Brothers and Sisters. I think it's, it's, Either one
1: is good. You know. I think it's ridiculous that they show a preview for a two-parter, a to-be-continued. Usually the two-parters end on some sort of cliffhanging note, and especially the season-ender... Just by showing anything in a preview, they give you just all kinds of information. If this is a one-shot episode and they show previews for next week, you can get an idea like, oh, they're going to be going, they're going to be flying to a or whatever planet, or they're, oh, so this will be a show about such and such a character. But we already know the story is in the middle. We're in media res. It's in the middle of the, the action. And for them to then show a preview, there's no reason. We know yeah, it. would to happen. It would be
2: more compelling not to show any Thing at the end of the show, and no commercials until next Sunday, because then people are going to be like, "Oh my God, I got to watch! Oh my God, I I got to watch! I got to watch!" People are going (laughs) to unplug their telephones, they're going (laughs) to tape their doors shut. They're just going to be crazy.
1: I have a feeling if they had footage for the next season, they they, will. That they would show it at the end of the next the the season cliffhanger. They don't have footage yet because they don't start filming until July,
2: but. I think I think it's just that it's probably a formula that every T V person does and so they just do the formula.
1: And I wonder how much editorial control they have over the previews, because this is why we don't watch the previews, because they give so much away.
0: Yeah, and, like that one that I keep complaining about when they were on New Caprica they and show
2: Roslyn. Bobby gets shot and then they show Roslyn in the following one talking.
0: Yeah, yeah. and you're like, Oh well Roslyn doesn't die. Great. Yeah. They're more so, fun
2: who puts those together? They put so much time
1: and effort into the show open where they show the previous leads and edit these shows. They mix and match scenes. They take a certain cut or a certain take and then to have it all at the end of the episode, next, Muffet comes back and saves no. Adama from space rabies or whatever.
0: What was I watching? I was watching something where Muffet jumped into Apollo's arms. Dude, that dog was just not right. <laughs> <laughs> not right
1: all right we're well into our show it's time to wrap this up let's give grades real fast i'm gonna give it a b i really liked ty i thought he was amazing parts of the trial i thought were compelling i liked the fact that the silence are coming back lee's wishy-washiness is the huge lead weight that drags down any episode that it becomes a part of so i give it a b
2: You've said nothing this uh, podcast to deter me from my original like of the show. I, too, enjoy Ty. I love the CGI. Lee is who he is. Um, I'm disappointed in his character, but that's the way it is. So I give it an A. An A+.
0: Oh. I'm going to give it plus for the same reason that you guys did. And I love the fact that the Silens didn't just jump in and start negotiating. They actually fired something. Yeah, I'm going to give it a B B+. Well,
2: B+, plus and what, what brings it down? I mean, what's your negative for giving it? What's a B plus? Is there's a demerit there. What's your demerit?
0: It would be Lee. Lee did not need to be in the defense. It could have been done as effectively, if not more effectively, by Romo. It was highly unnecessary.
2: Thank you,
1: Michelle. You're welcome. So that wraps up this episode. Our email is gquorum at gmail.com. Website is galacticacorum.com. And we will see you
0: next week for the season finale. Until then, bye-bye. Bye. So say we all.
2: Do I sound slow? I just want to put a, a little bit more on my side just to boost it
1: my side.
2: I might be on the slow, my
0: <laughs> We're in a uh, vacuum, that's what it is.
2: Michelle is not in the same vacuum. Actually it would be
0: called a temp- is it a temporal oh. disturbance?
2: That Our son, I your think no. you're a temporal disturbance. Dimitri
0: is in a time dilation field. That's what it's called.
2: I'm in a
0: time dilation field! <laughs>